Ladies and gentlemen, it's your buddy Gavin, filibuster freestyle, and we are not talking Game of Thrones. We are not talking Boston Bruins hockey, which means we're finally back to doing what we do best, worst, somewhere in between, which is talk about anything, everything, and stuff in between. We're filibustering, we're freestyling with Roscoe P from Drilling Threes, and as I've mentioned on a couple of the lead-up pods... We want to rate the performances of the 2018-19 inductees to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I got a good feeling about this one. We have not recorded it yet, but I'm just going to say filibusterfreestyle.com. Favorite our homepage so you can check it out from time to time. Follow us on Instagram, filibusterfreestyle. Subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe on SoundCloud. Leave a review. Rate the pod. But I want to give the lion's share this time to Roscoe P. and I to discuss Stevie Nicks, Def Leppard, The Cure, and everybody else who was inducted and performed and in a couple cases did not perform at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Coming up next from the Filibuster Freestyle. Ladies and gents, as promised, the return of the mysterious legend, Roscoe P. What's Here up? I am. <laughs> there you mysterious. are. <laughs> There I am. Filibuster Freestyle is glad to have you back, Roscoe P., to talk about Rock Hall of Fame, induction ceremony, performances. We're going to grade them. We're going to rate them. We're going to analyze them. Um, first Very of all. Very happy to be back. I haven't been called the mysterious legend in a long time. Did I make that up? Was that my, like my original moniker? Yes. Did when I-, I originally met you. Uh, you were going by the full name, the mysterious legend Roscoe P. And oh, over, that's far too long. <laughs> and then over the course of the, of course, over the course of the, the next, at the point at that time, four and now probably twenty-four years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you've been called everything from uh, Roscoe P. to Roscoe P. Funk, which you right. go by now to the Funker, P. Right. Funk. Yeah, P. Funk era. P. Funk era. R. P. Are you with me? So many things. R. P. Yeah, there's been a lot. There's been a lot. You have a Christian name, which we never talk about. It's fine. It's all good. Well, it usually slips out. Like, once a podcast, you, you, you'll just say it. You know who does it all the time, by the way, is, is everybody's favorite, Andrew Patterson. He can't not call you by your given name. I know. It's like, he, yeah, I know. He only calls me by my given name. So even he, who did the given first and last name? Somebody just blurred Oh, yeah, yeah. He loves to call you your full name. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't think he's doing it maliciously. I just think it's one of those things, you know? Yeah, right. He just, yeah. So anyway, let's talk about one of those things. Well, and ironically with him is that I go out of my way to not call him by his nickname, which we're not supposed to call him anymore. Right. But everybody, I'll tell you this, everybody in my family still calls him that. So. Oh, yeah. Well. Doesn't matter. Enough. Three generations of Vianos are like, where's Pukey? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who you're talking about. Anyway, Rock Hall of Fame. Good to have you back, Roscoe P. Thank you. Good to be here. Let's just start where the night started. And I want to give a shout out to my man, Dan O'Brien, who pleaded with the people of the interwebs to get Stevie Nicks in back in the fall. She became the first woman to be inducted for the second time. She was inducted yes. as part of Fleetwood Mac. She was inducted tonight, and her speech reflected that she's a two-time, two-time, two-time Hall of Fame inductee. What are your thoughts on that, by the way? Isn't that amazing that she's the first? It's amazing. I didn't realize that. I do enjoy Rock and Roll Hall of Fame trivia for some reason. And sure. So that's now a good one. There's new trivia this year. There's now the first ever female double inductee. Um, and it's Stevie Nicks. And I don't know, I mean, who who better, right? Like, um, No question. This was my, well, I kind of floated to you uh, in a text that I had a sort of a hot take or a point of conversation. Yeah, let's go. Her. Is, it, is this a good time to, to mm-hmm. do it? So... Um, I mean, so, I, like, when we talk about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, obviously we've discussed in previous podcasts that the term rock and roll is, is very loose, loose and broad and can mean a lot of things. So I, I am absolutely in favor of, you know, people like Aretha Franklin being in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or last year Nina Simone or this year Janet Jackson, which I hope we're going to talk about Janet Jackson tonight, um, even though she didn't perform. I, oh, I we sure are. Oh, good. All right. Um so, but so people like that who are clearly not 
rock and roll singers don't make rock music. I, I'm all for them being in the Hall of Fame. I think it's ridiculous that Whitney Houston is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I think that will get that wrong will get righted at some point. Yeah. But if we're talking about just actual what we would consider rock music, um, you know, like like when the aliens come and they say, "What does a female rock singer look like?" Okay. You're you're gonna show them Stevie Nicks, right? Ooh, like hot take. Like like who's the greatest female rock singer of all all time? It's got to be her. I'll tell you what, I wasn't prepared to have this conversation, but I have nobody to refute you with. Yeah. Nobody. I mean, longevity, all of it. I mean, there's a reason she's the first female to be inducted right, that's twice. What I'm she's, she's a really appropriate choice for this honor. Now, you could say, like, so Janis Joplin died at like 28, right? Correct. Or 27. So if she, you know, if she lived to, seven, I believe Stevie Nicks is 71 and looks great for 71. Correct. And, and actually sounds great for 71. Sounds too. even better. I mean, sounds yeah. fantastic. Um, uh, now, so if Janis Joplin made it to 71, you know, maybe she's at that level, but, you know, she did. So, you know, I'm sorry. Yeah, it shouldn't, shouldn't, so. shouldn't be Stevie Nicks' fault for living an extra 43 years. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think she's like the prototypical female rock singer, right? Wow, fantastic. Well, I'll tell you what, I, I didn't know where you would come down on Stevie Nicks. Not like in a bad way. I think everybody has to give her her props, but... Um, you I'm cut, pro Stevie Nicks. I'm you're coming out real Nicks. hot in favor of her being the prototypical female rock singer. And again, I'm I'm here for it and in no position to even refute you for academic purposes, let alone for me believing in it. So hot take number one, and I like it. Right. Um, and, and I loved that she started the show. Like, yes. That was a great way to start. Like all of a sudden we're just like, okay, welcome to the show. And boom, hey, now we're into stand back. Honestly, honestly, couldn't have been couldn't have been a better way to start the show. Couldn't have been a better song choice, in my opinion, to start the show. I agree. I agree because you knew she was going to close with Edge of Seventeen. Damn right. Yes. Um, So it was perfect to start with Stand Back. Like perfect choice. Absolutely. Now, a couple things, really quickly. I want to make sure we get this fact in. Twenty-two men have been inducted at least twice. Okay. And Stevie Stevie made that point. Um, she made that point in her speech. So I just wanted to get that in there. Yeah, and, and I will say first, I know you're going to reference some speeches, that just so so just to tell the audience, I did not watch the just in the interest of time, I did not watch the entire show this year. Sure, um, I just watched the performances, and I, the only speech I watched was Janet Jackson's. There you go. And, well, yeah, and you, actually, you had Janelle Monae's introduction as well. So those are the only speeches that I watched. So completely fair. Okay, but anyway, uh, one other side note: I forgot the song everywhere was a Fleetwood Mac song and not uh, a Stevie Nicks song. Oh, not a Stevie Nicks song, yeah. Because it came out in 1987, which was like six years after she did her first solo record. Right. And you kind of forget that she inter- interchanged. I mean, technically, she is still in Fleetwood Mac to this day. She, to this day, is you can go see them this summer, I believe. You, you cannot see Lindsey Buckingham, who's no longer in Fleetwood Mac, but Stevie Nicks is still in Fleetwood Mac. Correct. So anyway, the one song I wanted to see was every, I hear it was everywhere, but, uh, but, but I didn't realize song. it was Fleetwood Mac, so that, there you go. But that was yeah. from 1987's Tango in the Night. Um, so interesting. Stand back. We already talked about it. Huge pops from the crowd. Let's just give it. Great. Just perfect. Yeah, great way to start. Yeah. So I'm, I just wrote down this, Roscoe P. This is a lady who still does this for a job professionally. And while she may not be like 1970s, 1980s fastball, she is still an absolute major leaguer. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, th- that's, well, your sports analogy is a great one. Like, she can still do this at the professional level. Like, imagine a 70 year old former baseball pitcher pitching for the Red Sox tonight. Like, right. how would that go? Probably not as good as Stevie Nicks. Yeah, that ain't going to happen, but Stevie Nicks can still go on stage and blow the crowd away. I also want to give props to the great synchronization dance moves by her two backup singers, who, by the way... Oh, her backup singers were awesome. I was doing a deep dive. Those are the same two backup singers she's been with for, like, ever. Oh, really? Yeah. Same band, yeah. No, but, like, same women, which, you know... Amazing yeah. to see pictures of Stevie Nicks from 35 years ago and see those two women also from 35 years ago. Pretty cool yeah, stuff. That's awesome. And wait, I, I was wondering. I had this thought. What do you think about this? Like, it, it's probably better the way they did it. But would it have been cool if Fleetwood Mac was her backup band for that for that performance? But just like unreferenced, like didn't like it's still Stevie Nicks. They're still doing the Stevie uh, Nicks okay. songs. But just Fleetwood Mac is the band playing the songs with her. They I were think, there. At least Mick Fleetwood was. Mick Fleetwood was definitely him. there. I think it would have been really neat. But I, I or, get. Or would it have taken away from her though? Like, is that is that stealing her moment? Yeah, I think she would have had to like maybe bring them up. But she did. She was doing more of that elsewhere. So, in terms yeah. of bringing people up. So anyway, uh, I also wrote that her backup band is so good they make me like Stevie more than I thought I would. Okay. 
Uh, even Janet Jackson loved it. Yeah, everybody did. Yeah, so Leather and Lace comes on. Not not my cup of tea, but I know I'm in the minority. See Don Henley. That was a great version, though. I thought it was really good. Fantastic. That's my point. Is it sounded good, and and props to her because they brought out Don Henley, but they did such a good job of not revealing it was him until like right before his verse started. Right. And the pop from the crowd when he rocks out there, super effective. Don still sounds pretty good, too. He, he, he sounded pretty good. Yeah, I, I'm no Don Henley fan or Eagles fan, but I thought he did sound good. No question. So then she brings out Harry Styles of One Direction fame, who she says, i become really good friends with over right. the years. A- apparently a good friend of hers, which that's that's what I love about celebrity and like music especially, that there's all these random, like Stevie Nicks and Harry Styles are boys. Yeah. Like, like, how the hell did that happen? Absolutely. And the best part about the Stevie Nicks thing is, like, to your point earlier, she didn't do her speech first. She came out and performed first. And here's why. Okay, so Harry Styles comes out. He does. Yeah, Harry ta- Styles inducted her, didn't he? He, he did. did a- he did. Yeah. But he comes out. He does the, the Tom Petty, Petty version of Stop Dragging My Heart Around. But the amazing story about this song is how Jimmy Iovine of Beats by Dre fame basically stole this song from Tom Petty's record and said, Tom... You should do it with Stevie, but I want to put it on her record. But he didn't tell Tom because she doesn't have a single on her record. And that's the story. Right. And then Stevie actually referenced it, all of it, in her speech. Oh, she did. Was that story, did Jimmy Iovine tell that story on the Defiant Ones yes, too? Yes, that was, told, like that was told by both him and Tom Petty's perspectives. And Stevie's, oh, okay. I think, during the Defiant Ones, which is one, an unbelievable documentary, everybody, on HBO. It's, it's excellent. I haven't finished it. I've only watched the first two, I think. Oh, was, man, the third one's great. Yeah, make it make it a point. Anyway, yeah, I don't know why I haven't finished it. It's really great. Great version for her to do. It was her first single. Nice to see her bring out a young buck. Why not? Solid performance. Probably not as great as Stand Back, but you know the harmonies are still good. And that yeah, was good. That's a good song. And this feels like a real show. The verse is like a final acknowledgement that sometimes when these bands get inducted, uh, especially the bands that you know were like ninth ballot Hall of Famers, right? It kind of feels like a karaoke version with old dudes doing songs. This zombies, I'm looking in your direction. Sorry, zombies, and I want to. We'll, we'll, we'll get to the zombies, but anyway, yeah. well, well, well referenced. So then we get to the big one, Roscoe P. Edge of Seventeen, aka yes. a song that I thought was called Delicious. One Wing. Well, yeah, but I thought <laughs> I thought Edge of Seventeen was called One Wing Dove till like three weeks ago. So, <laughs> oh really? That's on me. Three weeks ago? I mean, okay, maybe like a way a way inappropriate amount of time that I think that song had the wrong name. Oh my god! I, oh wow! I can't remember not knowing the name of that song. Yeah, and I'm a guy who knows things about songs and stuff. So, blown away. Anyway, but yes, Bootylicious, right? Was taken from that song. Bootylicious sampled Edge of Seventeen. Yeah, the beginning guitar part. The yes. Correct. The little riff in Bootylicious is from Edge of Seventeen. Yes. So the fans love the opening notes. Always a great sign. Yeah, but that's always gonna like that's one of those songs. Like that's just gonna get people are gonna pop for that. That's just such a great sound. You know, just so distinctive and so recognizable. No question. Um, that's always gonna get a pop. Yeah, that that was a good moment. So yeah, I, I said, I, I like if I had to rank her songs yeah. like based on the performance, like she did those four, right? Yes. I would probably put that one fourth as far as the performances. I really like that song. I think Stand Back is probably my favorite one of her songs. Edge of Seventeen, probably second. But I actually thought the performances of the other two were better. I actually liked those performances better. Yeah, that's fair. I, I thought Stand Back was perfect. So I'm Stand with, Back was the best, yes. I was with you on that. So, but I will say this. 40 years later, these songs are still really strong. Stevie yep. whips out the tambourine for the big ending. And crowd, the tambourine, of course. Crowd loves the tambo. Big ending. It comes off really well. She had a good speech. I don't want to get into that, but... I mean, honestly, I didn't know what to expect for Stevie at age 71. I, I would say, I don't know if we're going to have time or even feel like ranking the performers against each other for the night, but she was above what I thought she would be, and good for her for doing that. Yeah, I, I did rank them. I had her second. Okay. Let's, let's, save, let's save the rest for the end, but we know Stevie's second, so I'm excited about that. I like it. Yeah. All right, I want to get into Radiohead and Janet Jackson right now. And, and the Radiohead part can be probably less than two minutes because I, I doubt you want to talk about them at all. Yeah, I'm going to be awfully quiet during the Radiohead part because I watched none of it and I hate them. Right. So <laughs> not the best guy to, to, to go to bat for them for not showing up. <laughs> yeah. 
but they didn't perform, and I'm not bummed out at all. And clearly, Roscoe P couldn't, couldn't care less. Um, were they even there? They weren't even all there, right? Like, yeah, two so of them were there. Two guys came, and what I was about to say, and I think is salient point it, relative to th- those guys not being there, is I'm not bummed out that Radiohead didn't play, but the two guys who bothered to show actually seemed pretty bummed out. <laughs> right. And David Byrne of Talking Heads fame inducts them, which is high praise. It is. And the dudes who spoke actually seemed generally likable. And honestly, the promo thing that they did to kind of get you ready for the induction, like, they're pretty impressive, their story and their what they did experimentally, but they just seem to be kind of, like, uh, too cool for school. And we totally. we called this last year when they were on the ballot for the first time, and I told them they're, they're not going to bother showing up, so screw them. Right. And, uh, you know, that's it. That's all I got. I was surprised they made it this year. I mean, that's clearly why they didn't make it last year, right? Because the Rock Hall people knew they weren't going to show up, and they yes. didn't want that. Correct. Correct. So anyway, let's talk about Janet Jackson. You and I oh, also. Yes. Let's talk about you Janet. and I also a year and a half ago said it is outrageous that Janet Jackson is not in the Hall of Fame. Yes, we called this. A random person who I don't know saw the pod about a year ago, retweeted it, and said. Here's some random podcast talking about Janet Jackson, so you know it's real. I went on that person's Facebook page, which was completely dedicated to getting Janet Jackson inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, true story. So so this this lady deserved to be in the thick. And all I want to say, because you watched the speech more recently than I, and you watched her introduction or induction speech more recently than I, is that it is absolutely heartbreaking that she did not perform live. Heartbreaking. Well, that's the thing. I mean, and that's why, you know, of, of all these, you know, my rankings or whatever, like, the the story of the night is that Janet Jackson is not on my list of performances because it's, there wasn't one. It's unbelievable. Like, that's the, that was the worst part of the whole night because, like, they're playing all her songs there, and it's like, man, I forgot about that one. I forgot it's about that It's unbelievable. Like, she has got so many jams. It's like, unbelievably sad. So prolific. Like, you know, I know, I don't know where she is in life. I mean, she had, she's got a two year old kid. So, I mean, she, you know, she had a kid at like 50 years old or something, right? So, uh, but, but um, I guess my counterpoint is if you can have a baby post menopause, you should be able to sing songs. You should be able to play. Yeah, I don't know why she didn't play. Not that I've ever had a baby and not that I, I'm not making light of that. I'm just saying, like, no, no. But it, I mean, is she not healthy or something? Like, is there something going on there? I mean, she seemed okay. I don't know. But is there, is there something? Like, wasn't she touring? She was touring fairly recently, I thought. That's what I mean. Like, what what are we doing here? Yeah, if you, I mean, if you're if you're in shape enough to do a tour, like you can't get up and do three songs at the. Rock I mean, and all can you man. give me one? Yeah. So anyway, I, I don't know that we need to belabor it. Other than I'm really glad that she's in, and I'm really bummed out that she didn't perform it. It, it was like yeah, I agree. It completely bummed me out. Her the speech was great. The video was great. Like you said, there were so many songs. I mean, she would have had she performed. We would have spent the bulk of this podcast talking about not only how great she was, but also yes. how many great songs she didn't have time to play. Right. This would mostly be the Janet Jackson podcast that she performed. Yes, it was shocking to me that she didn't perform. Yeah. Did you know? I must have known this, but I'd forgotten. Did you know that Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis were in the time? I did not know that, but that's fantastic. Yeah, I can't believe I didn't know that. Also explains like, that's a lot. Where they did, did you hear her speech? She had the thing about her dad was yelling at them, don't make her sound like Prince. Yes. Because they came from the whole, they're in... The um, Minneapolis more Sound. State, yeah. More State in the Time, right. The whole, like, Prince, Minneapolis thing. That's where those guys came from. Well, Joe Jackson was a great music promoter and all that, and manager, maybe not a great guy, but um, sounding like Prince isn't a bad idea. But anyway. Yeah, right. Why would you want to sound like Prince? He's, he's only the greatest musician of all time, arguably. I want to sound like Prince. Oh, my God. Even Dr. Pepper's got a guy named Lil Sweet, Justin Guarini, trying to, be, trying to be Prince. You know you're what I mean? doing his Prince impression. I love Sweet! Him. By the way, I think I've said this to you before, maybe you're on the podcast, but it's just the crime against God that you were not cast as Lil Sweet. I mean, dude, I should be Lil Sweet. Like, that was your calling in life. You were destined to be Lil Sweet. I used to love drinking that soda. And, uh, you know, you love the, Prince. Love Prince. Gosh darn it. Justin Guarini, second place in the first season of th- that dumb show, American Idol. Thanks for nothing. Oh, is that who that is? Yeah, yeah. He, he was the, from Justin the Kelly movie guy. You know, Kelly Clarkson won. Yeah. And uh, he was the second place guy. Oh. Uh, she got to yeah, become Kelly Clarkson, and he's a little sweet. So, I mean, at the end of the day, who's the winner? I don't know. Who's the winner? <laughs> you, you, sweet. <laughs> Yeah, um, 
Janet, so I don't know when is that. When is the Hall of Fame thing taped? Like in January? It was, or no, it was March. Yeah, March. So I mean, Janet is on tour. Like she seems to be doing some kind of residency in Las Vegas. Maybe she didn't want to do anything because it's like a contractual thing. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. But like she's she's playing in three weeks at the Glastonbury Festival. Well, so like so something she, tells me that they she want. It sounds like it was a business decision and not yeah. a ailment decision, which is it's, that's her choice. But right, kind of bummer, man. Kind of a bummer. She has just got jams. I mean, R- Rhythm Nation is just such a jam. If they inducted like albums, which I think they do, and she wasn't already in, they would induct Rhythm Nation as a Hall of Fame rock and roll album. No question. So it didn't occur to me. I guess it makes sense, but that album came out in 1989. I wouldn't have guessed that. I would have guessed it was after 1990, but that album's 30 years old. How about that? And it still holds up. So yeah, total bummer. So let's 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 go to a band that at least can help us emote our bum our bummed outedness, which is The Cure. The, The Cure, of course. You say the word emote, you've got to be talking about the freaking cure. I mean, they pretty much invented emo and alt-rock and everything else. Trent Reznor, their inductor, said that he did. By the way, Trent Reznor, great speech. A lot of street cred for him to say these guys are, you know, my guys. But did you (laughs) – you watched their whole show, right? Their whole set? Yes. All right, the best part about the whole set is when Robert Smith – so, says I only have time for one man more and he says god damn Stevie Nicks oh, just goddamn, kidding Stevie Nicks yeah. <laughs> yes that was good <laughs> and I'm not counting that as a curse word on the on the pod because it's what he said and it was hilarious you say it. You're, you're quoting uh, a very famous rock star and it was hilarious it was hilarious and uh, so anyway shout out to Robert Smith for, for that line amazing line so Trent goes on to say they invented the gothic alternative rock genres and, you know, again, Robert said, I'd rather wrap up a speech early so we can play more songs in our allotted time. So, you know, good for him for wanting to just play some songs, unlike our friend Janet Jackson, unfortunately. So they opened up with Shake Dog Shake from 1984. I barely know this song. It's a good is jam. Is that what that was? That's the only song I didn't recognize. Yeah, so Shake Dog Shake is is, is an older song for them. And it's not super well known to me, so it's one it's one of my first surprises of the night, just because I was like, they've got six or seven songs that everybody knows. I was surprised, but people seem to like it. Um, Boys Don't Cry came on next. Huge pop from the crowd. Huge pop from the crowd in that. But wasn't Boys Don't Cry last? You're right. I'm sorry. I somehow, somehow I thought love love song. I think was you're right. I somehow I put it in the wrong spot in my notes. So anyway, love song was next, and I think it's just a great song. I mean. Sounded good. Janet Jackson and Susanna Hobbs from the Bangles were both rocking out to it. Oh, I love Susanna Hobbs. So you know it's good. I mean, if Janet and Susanna like it, you know it's good. By oh. the way, are there two better? Like, try to name a pair of women over 50 years old better looking than Janet Jackson and Susanna Hobbs. I'm not sure you can. Yeah, we, I'd say I'll wait, but no one's going to be able to do it. So yeah. just kidding to whoever we're forgetting. You, you're beautiful, too. Um, <laughs> but... Love song, of course, was then famously remade probably multiple times, but even 311 got like a 311, nice yeah. radio hit out of it. So, Didn't you have a thing once about um, cover songs that were better than the original songs? Oh, yeah. Like like All on the Watchtower? Yes. Or like the, the cover versions are more famous than the original versions? That's correct. So, like, I don't know if the 311 version is more, it's probably not more famous, but I do think it's better. Right. Well, stylistically, I think 311 is more in your wheelhouse, like your personal wheelhouse. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's a great song. So then, so then they did Boys Don't Cry, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's been a few days since I watched it. I thought Boys Don't Cry was last and Just Like Heaven was in between uh, Love Song and Boys Don't Cry. You might be or, right. Or was Just Like Heaven last? I don't know. I think, well, either way, it was... So, those are the other two songs, Just Like Heaven and Boys Don't Correct. Cry. I thought Boys Don't Cry was last, but I, I won't swear to that. Yeah, so they both were really good. I think... I think Just Like Heaven's really pretty close to a perfect pop song. I mean, Yeah, that's that's the best Cure song. Cover bands play it. It's in movies. It's in TV shows. It's a monster track. The fans loved it. Um, I thought that one seemed to test Robert Smith the most, but he still nailed it and owned it, even though he's obviously, again, like Stevie, you know, he's not throwing fastballs in the 1980s anymore, but he's still doing it. I mean, they're still touring. Um, thought they were good. What I would have liked to hear, I've got a couple. Well, one, actually. Close to me. I would have liked to hear close to me instead of Shake Dog Shake. I just know it better, therefore I like it better. Uh, it's a good song. It's got a horn section in it, which I also enjoy. Good <clears> stuff. <throat> what I want to give them props for 
is not playing Friday I'm in Love or Pictures of You. Because those songs, yeah, those songs. The only, I think the only Cure song, like off the top of my head, I could name that they didn't play is Friday I'm in Love. But I, I'm with you. I'm kind of glad they didn't play it. Yeah, the fact that they didn't need to do that, good for them. And then the odd shout out of the night is they had a Reading Football Club, you know, soccer team flag, which is like a second division English team next yeah. to their drum set. So that's a hardcore hooligan move. Wow, in, I didn't even in, notice that in America. And so good for you guys for bringing the Reading Football Club uh, to the drum set riser. Real nice. Real nice. But no, I thought the uh, Cure was pretty good, actually. So here's where I'm at on The Cure. Yeah. The Cure is one of those bands, they're kind of like in the same category for me as U2. Like, I don't particularly like them, but I understand why people do. Like, I don't think they're banned. It's not like a Bruce Springsteen thing where I just think he sucks. (laughs) And I don't get why anyone could ever like him. Right. <laughs> fair, fair. You are you are well established on that on that take. <laughs> yep. And there's your anti Bruce Springsteen take for the night. It wouldn't be a Roscoe P pod if Bruce Springsteen doesn't get brought up and dumped on. Um, <laughs> so there, check that box unceremoniously. Oh yeah, that actually wasn't my point though. I didn't know I was going to say that. So so the cure is like you two for me. Like I get why people like them. I don't think they're a bad band. They're just not really my flavor of ice cream. Sure. It's a little too sad and, you know, emo and whatever. I'm just not really into it. Sure. Um, So I thought they did fine. Like, I thought they were exactly what I thought they would be. They have, you know, some good songs and they played them well. Um, uh, I I give them huge minus points. I actually forgot this until just now. What was the deal with the bass player? Oh, yeah, he was all over the place. Like, he was like, it's like the cure who has a thing and a look and sort of an attitude, and they're all consistent, and they all it all looks like the same band, and the bass player's bouncing around like Fleet. In white jeans and a yellow guitar. Yeah, had a, like a bright yellow guitar. Yeah, he was, so in wrestling terms, we would say that guy was trying to put himself over. Oh. Like, like that guy was not there for the band. He was there to have everybody look at me. And... He is not. The Cure has a very specific, distinct star. The star of The Cure is Robert Smith. Like, well, there's no arguing about that. No, during the induction speech, nine guys came with them. The first four guys who were in his band, and the five yeah. guys who are in his band now. Yeah. I, oh, I thought. I looked on Wikipedia. I thought like 14 people got inducted as a member of The Cure. So yes. Is yes. that possible? Trent, yeah. Yes. Trent Reznor literally said, "Now inducting Robert Smith and his merry men." Right. The, the Cure. But I mean, it's Robert Smith's name, band. It's Robert can, Smith's band. Yeah, can you name one other guy besides Robert Smith? No, the only guy I can name is a guy I can't even name him. But the only guy I can even distinguish is the guy you just ripped apart. Yeah, right, right. So yeah, that guy that guy drove me nuts. So I mean, I give him like a five or a six for their performance, and then minus eleven points for the bass player. There you go. And by the way, if you're a bass player and you're sticking out and you're not Flea, it's probably not in a good way. Yeah, if you're like you're not Flea or Les Claypool, like. You know, just get out of the way. You know, like, but it was just—it was just wrong. It was just the whole vibe was wrong. Like that music is not bounce around the stage, get the crowd going. Music, you know, like that's—that was just the wrong. It was—it was weird. It's like yeah. there's four guys acting a certain way, and then one guy acting completely different. That's a fair take, and one that I mean, now that you say it, it actually is crystallizing in my head. Yeah. Um, I didn't think about it at the time, but you're not wrong. He was very distracting. But, but interestingly enough, one of my notes about Robert Smith is just, he's just really authentic. Like, yeah, his thank yous were authentic. I mean, him calling out Stevie Nicks in a way that was kind of funny was authentic. Yeah. I mean, and, and clearly joking. We should say, oh, like he, no he question. Obviously, trying to be funny. But yes. the ability to pull that joke off, right, <laughs> in that room with that limited amount of time and context was like that's right. that's pretty authentic and like. But anyway, the one thing I found interesting from the lead-up to talking about them was they started as kind of a post-punk three-piece band. Uh, and then as he started to get into emo, he was playing a lot of minor chords. And then I guess what really clicked for him was, I can sing really sad, depressing songs, but do them in like keys and chord progressions that are upbeat and have a pop. Like I can write really emotive pop songs and basically kind of in- in- invented that. Right. So that's kind of cool. Anyway... I agree. It wasn't the best performance I've ever seen, but I thought he yeah, sounded. I think if you like, like, I don't really like them. I mean, I think yes. if you like the Cure, you you'd really like that performance. Yeah, that was solid, and I, I like the Cure. I don't love the Cure like others that I know, but I like them, and I thought it was a very good performance. So, yeah. Roxy Music. But see a band like that, and maybe this is where the personal okay. taste thing comes in. But like, 
Like, why is the cure in the Hall of Fame and Rage Against the Machine is not? Well, number one, it's only a matter of time before Rage Against the Machine is in. But number okay. two, you know, I, I think it's literally just that. I bet, the, I bet the Cure have been nominated more times. I don't have it in front of me right now. They, they've been doing it for longer, you know, not by the stretch to get inducted, but, you know, the Cure were playing in the 70s, and obviously Rage didn't really break till the 90s. Yeah. But, but I, I think it's just time, honestly, because they're both bands that are not for everybody, but they're really good at what they do. Yeah, and they're unique, and they, you talk about inventing something like Rage Against the Machine invented. Like they're the guys who do that, and yep. a lot a lot of people tried to do that, and everybody failed at it. Like, Most notably, Limp Biscuit. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> What's Fred Durst doing? Right I mean, now? they made a bunch of money, but they're not going to the Hall of Fame over anybody's dead body. Fred Durst is getting his Hall of Fame speech ready. Fred Probably Durst is not. the Nickelback of Fred Durst. So I'm saying, <laughs> and the fact that that's funny tells you everything you need to know. So anyway, good take there. So Roxy Music, Wild Cards of the Night. I didn't know a thing about them. I didn't know one of those songs. Likewise. Now what's funny about it is I had forgotten that the songs that are theirs are the songs that are theirs. Uh, I thought Love is a Drug was by somebody else. Uh, I thought More Than This was by the Moody Blues who got inducted last year. Not true. uh, It's by them. Roxy Music. Hi, we're Roxy Music. But here's what's interesting. Um, I, I, I looked, I was waiting for them to play Love is the, Dr- is the Drug, their most well-known song, and they didn't play it. So then I started Googling around in the old Google machine. Turns out Roxy Music played six very quick versions of songs, and HBO had the cojones to cut the two that are the most well-known from the friggin' show. Uh. So we didn't see Love is the Drug, and we didn't see more than this. Instead, we saw four songs... That unless I had notes right now, I could not name. I never heard one of those. And, and that's important. You're making a good point there. Like, you said The Cure didn't play Friday I'm in Love. We actually don't know that. It, it, didn't, it didn't make the TV show, but they certainly may have played it. Well, fair. But, like, I just can't like believe it. I just right? can't like believe a two-hit two wonder wouldn't get one of their two hits on. Like, The Cure got three of yeah, their... Three, three big hits, yeah. So that's my point. Like... If you want to sell yeah, records... But my point is stuff gets cut. Like, Def Leppard, well, obviously we get the Def Leppard, but I'm sure Def Leppard played more than three songs. I mean, oh, I, like, can't, I cannot wait. I cannot wait to get Def Leppard. But yeah. in the interim, just to do some, do, do some lip service to our friends, Roxy Music, it seems like they were a pretty experimental and, like, cool band. And they found... Right, kind of daring, different. Yeah, I mean, I, I tell you what, I never would have guessed that Duran Duran were going to be their inductors and how much they right. liked them. And the guy actually said if it wasn't for these guys, there would be no Duran Duran. That's crazy. So I guess, so right there is why Roxy Music gets in the Rock and Hall of Fame. Right. right. We, can't, we couldn't live in a world with no Duran Duran. I mean, I think Simon LeBond said they were a pop culture bomb on the British public, and he called them pulp science fiction. I mean, that's pretty avant-garde stuff, pretty cool. What I liked the best, Roscoe P., during the speeches, what I learned about them, Besides being the best dressed dudes of the night collectively, they also had a ton of bass players, like a lesser known band out of Massachusetts called Drilling Threes. Oh. So I liked that about them very much. Um, Have they they had seven bass players like Drilling Threes has? They literally referenced how many bass players they've had, yeah. Wow. So they opened with a jam featuring a cool oboe hook I've never heard before, Mm. and it's called Out of the Blue. And it's from a 1974 album called Country Life. There's also a crazy violin at the end. For a 50-year-old song, it's pretty good. Second jam was a slow jam. This is good stuff because it's going to get into what you want to talk about. Good saxophone, good groove. And I wrote, the backup singer dude is loving it and killing it. And what was your take? Killing it. Um, I texted you. There were two backup singers. There's a man and a woman. I texted you as I was watching it. The male backup singer for Roxy Music is the MVP of the night. Yes. If the bass player from The Cure is not the MVP of the night, the male backup singer for Roxy Music is the MVP of the night. The most valuable player, P-L-A-Y-A. That's what that guy was. Dude, he was so excited. So excited to be a part of that. Brought it. I, I loved his look. I loved what he was wearing. I loved his sizzling Euro moves. Sizzling, uh, sizzling. Uh, first of all, the whole there's a whole like genre of backup singer dance moves, dude, which is really awesome. No question. And if you got to, like Steve, you mentioned Stevie Nicks backup singers, like they really had it down. Yeah, their crew was good. Uh, yeah, and uh, 
the, the Roxy Music singers, I didn't see a lot of coordinated dancing, which usually is the key to that. Um, but the guy was, I don't know if he was a great singer. In fact, I thought one of the, at one point he actually was kind of off, but. Um, a little but pitchy, it, dog. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a no for me, dog. But his, his dance moves and his outfit <laughs> and his whole vibe was just outstanding. No the, question. The best thing about that performance, other than, I don't, I don't know, I guess you said, the, the very first song they played had that little breakdown with kind of a cool bass part. Yeah. The very first, yeah. Yeah. That was cool, and the backup singer guy was cool, and the rest of it, I could have done without. So anyway, I agree with you, but the song that we noticed this great backup singer on is called Avalon. It's from 1982, and I can honestly say I had never heard it before in my life. I've never heard it before, yeah. And I'm okay with it. I thought, that actually, the female backup singer in that song really kills it on the runs. Like, she's... She's oh, yeah. really yeah. high register. Yeah. The crowd yeah. loves it. So I thought that was pretty good. Considering I never heard the song before, I was like, all right, cool. The third jam had a cool synthesizer. It had a sax and a violin. It's called Editions of You. I kind of liked it. Um, but here's what it brought me to. Somebody should check and see if the United Kingdom has the most inductees in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame besides America because almost every band tonight was British. Oh, let's see. Roxy oh, yeah, Music, The Zombies, Def Leppard. Except for Stevie Nicks, right? Right, The Cure, right. So Stevie Nicks, and yeah, even Radiohead. And Radiohead, yeah. So oh, Jan- well, Jan, Jan Jackson, Jackson right. right. Yeah. But she's a, I, I was just thinking of the ones who played, but yeah, Steve, Stevie Nicks and Jan Jackson. Right? Correct, but I, I'm, I'm going to go on a limb and say if, if America does not have the most, it's because the Great Britain, the Great Britain uh, folks have, have taken, taken control of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which, by the probably, way, probably totally okay with that. Yeah, sure. So anyway, let's get to some more British dudes. And I'm looking at you, the zombies. Oh, the zombies. So Can I open with the zombies? Can yeah, I'm please, zombies I'm sorry, go for it. Yeah. Just mix it up. So for me, I kind of made fun of them before, which is probably misleading. They were my big surprise of the night of mm. the night. Mm. They were the one who like of all the like everybody did kind of about as well as I thought they were gonna do. Yes. Right? Like like the ones I liked were the ones I thought I was gonna like, the ones I didn't like as much were the ones I thought I wasn't gonna like as much. The one that surprised me was the zombies, because they're one of those, like, they've got way more songs that you know than you realize. Correct. Like like they're one of those bands. Yes. And you know, they come out and they hit the beginning of time of the season, everybody popped. Like they got the whole crowd right. You know that's a jam. Literally that thought that was song. I literally thought that was somebody else's song until I saw them perform it. It was great. Right, right. But yeah, they're they're one of those. They're in that you know like the Ario Speedwagon uh, Foreigner All Stars. Like like these bands that have way more songs that you didn't you know you didn't know was was them. Hundred um, you know, so, percent. Huh. Hundred percent agree. Yeah. So yeah, they're my big surprise. Now they're like a hundred years old, and yes. they're and I thought this a little bit with Stevie Nicks too, and really more like her band than her. But it's like this is a tribute to a great career. It's not like a current touring band. Like, yes. Although I thought I just saw somewhere the Zombies I think are playing some shows, but well, they are yeah, now because like, they just got inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of right, Fame. You, sure. you, you can buy book a few shows if you can put that on your resume. Sure. Sure. But that just looked like a bunch of old guys up on the stage, and that's you know no question. not really what I what I want out of my rock and roll unless Mick Jagger and Keith Richards are involved. But let's talk about it though, because I, I thought you were good. Yes, it was really good. But like, okay, you already brought up time of the season, which is like a yes. huge jam. Huge jam. Tell her no is a jam. Yeah. Oh, is that what that second one's called? I know the song. I forgot the name. Tell her no is a jam. Yeah, that's great. Okay, Tom Petty apparently loved these guys. He was in the video lead up. But let's talk about the inductor, Susanna Hobbs oh, of the Bengals. Loved these guys as children, as a child, excuse me, and inducted them. I wrote that she's easily in her 60s and looks great, but I want to give it to you to take it from there because you are a big Susanna Hobbs fan. I am now. I mean, I guess I, I've always been. I mean, I, I like the Bengals. Like, who doesn't like the who Bengals? Who doesn't like the Bengals? She's the star of the Bengals. She's married to Jay Roach, who is the director of the Austin Powers trilogy. And fun fact, by the way. The what? Very fun fact by you. Yeah, I don't know why I thought, like, I knew, well, you know how I knew that in the first place? Because she's in the first Austin Powers movie. Right. She's in the in Ming T or whatever it's called. Like, remember his band? Oh my like, God, she's in Ming T. That's amazing. Ming T, yeah, she's in, she's in that band. And I remember reading, like, that's how they got her because her husband is the director. Like, that's how they, you know, got her involved in that. That's an easy call. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, I mean, I just I was I haven't really seen her for a while, and she's sixty years old, and she looks amazing. Yeah, she looks better than a lot of women half her age, and good for her. And good for good for Susanna Hobbs, and, and apparently she's a huge zombies fan, and that 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 was great. So huge zombies fan. I didn't actually watch her speech. I just was flipping through, and it was kind of like, oh, who's that? Like, oh, Susanna Hobbs. Wow, good for you. Yeah, but she really like she really had, like she could remember like her childhood station wagon listening to the zombies. Like, so it was like a nice speech. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right, maybe we'll go back and watch her. I'll watch her. Speech. But so uh, here's a couple of notes that I wrote to corroborate what you said. They seem like some sweet old guys, and that's why they yeah. needed two drummers at times because their yeah, drummer. They had two drummers, yeah. Because like when your drummer guys. needs another guy to help him do the drumming that you can't quite do anymore, that's right. not a great sign. No. Lead singer can still get it though. Yeah, not bad. Harmonies are really strong. Keep keyboard player. keyboard player is apparently a virtuoso, and he proved it. Yeah, terrific. I mean, the Hammond B had no chance against him. Yeah. Time of the season, by the way, Def Leppard drummer, drummer what's, it, what's his name, Rick Elliott? Rick Allen. My bad, Rick Allen. Rick, Joe, Joe Elliott is the singer. See, I'm an idiot. Yeah, Joe. <laughs> Rick Allen loved it, so I got to give him credit for that. Um, bass yeah, lines those are two, like time of the season. Oh, you didn't talk about the other one yet. Okay, well, I'll let you get to that. Well, I was going to say, Tyler now feels a little bit jazz lounge's version of itself to start, but you know what? Paul Schaefer loved that one. Paul Schaefer loved that one. Yeah. Oh, and then I forgot. She's not there. Holy She's crap, that there, song is right. fire. Well, that, that's what I was about to say, but I was going to let you get to it. Like, no, you take it. Take season it. And She's Not There are huge songs. Like, those are awesome songs. She's Not There, I thought was by the association. Another another point to your take, which is yeah. I had no idea that was their song, and I, I love, love, love She's Not There. The association, I believe, sings Along Comes Mary. Yes. Million percent. Maybe something else, but I think their big hit is Along Comes Mary. Yeah, you're right. But so anyway. And not, she's not there because that's the zombies. Yes, and the crowd agrees with me that it was effing fire. People loved oh, it. Yeah. Sounded great. Great little groove in the middle. They did a little give you some loving, kind of like uh, right. chord right. progression there. No, everybody got to take a little solo. They slow it down. Then right. go they dou- went around and did a solo. Yeah. Then they do double time, and they bring it back tight to the end. And they're just super pumped to be there. And I think it was really cool for them. And I agree with you. I was pleasantly surprised by the zombies. And, and I thought pretty clearly the third best crowd reaction of the night. Wow, really? I thought. Oh, I'll tell you what. You got a lot of old folks in the room. And come back to the time of the season and she's not there. Everybody in the world knows those songs. Right. And they were really good. And everybody was probably like, man, this is going to stink. And it was really pretty good. And, and really, I say third best, like, it's it's all kind of, like, it, clearly the show builds to a headliner, right? Like, last year it was Bon Jovi, and this year it was Def Leppard. So it's all kind of rigged for everybody to pop huge for Def Leppard. So that almost doesn't really count. Correct. Like, if you take them out of it, I, I'm not sure the zombies, I think the only one who got a better reaction than the zombies was Stevie Nicks. Which is totally fair. And, and she opened the show, so that's kind of like that built-in, you know, like she came out and started the show with a hit, and that got everybody like that was gonna, you know, that was gonna work. So that that almost doesn't count, but we, it does count. But I thought the zombie again a, a surprise for me both in terms of the quality of the performance, and then I thought the crowd reaction. Like I really thought they they had the crowd going. Yeah, uh, and if I else. and if I remember correctly, and I, again, I'm, I there's no reason for me to do this other than to just try to be honest. But when you and I did a couple pods a few years ago about the 2018 class. The zombies were on the list, and you and yeah. I were voting on who we were going to, or talking about who we were going to vote for. And I think I probably made fun of the zombies and thought they were like some punk band from right. like 1980, let alone they were some 60s like harmonization yeah. band. You know. So anyway, my Did you apologies. Think they were white zombie, like white zombies, a different band. Correct. I thought Rob Zombie was involved. So anyway, <laughs> my apologies to the, to the zombies. For thinking that you were White Zombie. <laughs> what is White Zombie getting nominated? That's what I'm waiting for. 1965! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going if they get inducted. That's hard, hard promise right there. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, uh, that, that guy's the pride of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts right there. That's a, that's a homeboy, Rob Zombie. Oh, man, we got to get we gotta start a campaign for him now that Janet Jackson's in, I guess. Well, I still got my li- Well, maybe at the end we'll talk yeah, about Yeah, at the end, stuff, absolutely. Need, That's a nice way to do it. it. That's a nice Some way to do it. wrongs that have not been righted. I'm not going to push for White Zombie in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Totally fair. So here we go. Def Leppard, here we go. Roscoe P., you take this one away, too. Let's go. All right. So um, before they played, um, I tried to predict 
So I think we did this one year. We tried to predict like what the first song was going to be, or like yes. what the song. Like, like that's like in my head. I just tried to predict what the first song was going to. Sure. Be. And in hindsight, it was so obvious, and I can't believe I blew it. But I made two guesses, and I missed on both. In fact, one of them they didn't even play, or at least not that we saw on TV. I thought um, my first really cool idea was that if they sort of started slow and eased in it, because you knew they were going to do "Pour Some Sugar on Me" last. No question. So. Like, start a little slow and build and just keep getting, like, more and more energy and then hit him at the end with Pour Some Sugar on Me. So yep. I thought they could have started with Hysteria. Oh, yeah. Like, like, I thought that would have been really cool. Like, just kind of mellow, ease into it, and then build up and then whack him over the head at the end. Then my second guess, mostly because it's probably my favorite Def Leppard song, and they did play it, they played it second, was Photograph. Yes. Like, I thought maybe they'd just go right into Photograph. But, of course, they started with Rock of Ages. Um, which in hindsight is a pretty obvious call to play at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame to open with that. Yeah. Uh, and also, Rock of Ages is kind of like, that's the Def Leppard song, or like the Def Leppard hit that I forget about. Yeah. But I mean, like when I go through all the Def Leppard songs, and it's and it's probably my least favorite of the hits of theirs, right? Like there's a lot of Def Leppard songs I like better than Rock of Ages. Me too. Totally agree. Um, totally agree. But it is really popular, and you know, like, so I, I get why they did it. Um, but I mean, the, the big disappointment from that, and, and they were good. Like, there's another one. Like, they, I thought I would like them. I did. There's another band that still tours. I mean, they were touring last summer, I'm pretty sure. I don't know if they're out there now. But you can tell they still do it, right? Like, this wasn't throwing a group of old guys together to do a little tribute show to themselves. This is clearly a band that's still out there yes. playing and has a show and an act, and it's polished, and it's really good. Like, that was, you know, that's, like... If you were, if someone forced you and said you have to pay money to see one of these bands, you'd pick them. They just that was they looked the most like a band that still plays shows for a living, right? Yes. Um, and obviously they had the crowd, but again, it's all it's all built in. Like they were the headliners of the night; they were the last thing out there. Uh, so, given all of that, I was surprised and a little disappointed that they only played three songs. Correct. Good. Good point. Good point. And again, maybe they played more and we don't know about it, but same thing happened with Bon Jovi last year. They only gave us three. It is insane. So I got got a lot of thoughts, but I want to go back to something you said about Photograph and Pour Some Sugar on Me. And I hit Andy Maslin with this the other night after our game. Oh, can I just, before you get to this point, just so I don't lose it. Yeah. Because I I feel like it was going to be good, but it's just following up on Def Leppard still playing. Def Leppard is in fact playing on Wednesday um, in some place called Salzburg, which I guess is somewhere overseas. Here's who they're playing with: Kiss, ZZ Top, and Slayer. Nice. Yeah, there's Kiss, Def Leppard, ZZ Top, and Slayer in wherever Salzburg is. Sounds like uh, maybe Austria or like yeah, who knows? Or maybe yeah. But to your point, yes, they're, they're still they, playing. they are playing. Yes, this summer they're playing like all over uh, Europe. But it doesn't look like there's any. There's Canada. Oh, yep, they're in Vegas in August. And uh, yeah, that look like the only U.S. dates, but yeah, so they are they are currently touring and playing quite a bit. Nice. So yes, your point with uh, Andy Maslin. So I was making a point to Andy Maslin. I wanted to try it out on him first, and now I'm going to try it out on you. And it involves a song "Photograph," and it involves a song "Pour Some Sugar on Me." And so I I totally get why you go "Photograph" and then "Pour Some Sugar on Me." Makes all the sense in the world. But here's what I want to say, I want to admit to everybody: it probably took me 20 years to realize how great of a song Photograph was. Mm. And it took the entire world 20 seconds to realize how much of a banger Pour Some Sugar On Me was. Right. And and so while someone might say, what is the most popular song by Def Leppard? And the answer, uniformly and rightfully, is Pour Some Sugar On Me. Their best song, I am positing to you, is Photograph. Oh, I yes, uh, I think it's hard to dispute that. I think you're right. Pour some sugar on me as they were playing it. This was the thought I had to myself. I never, all the times I've heard it, and we've performed it many times. Um, I've never had this thought before, but see if you can follow what I'm saying. And I think it goes to your point about Photograph. Uh, Pour some sugar on me is a great song, but it's not a good song. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's really kind of a dumb song. It's dumb. It's it's dumb. (laughs) But But it's like somehow really great. Well, like, Old Town Road's a dumb song, really and it's the best song of the summer. I mean, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, Photograph's like a really good song. Yeah, here's the thing, at least for us, because we're you know you we not you and I are the same age, and and, and Pour Some Sugar on Me came out in '87 on Hysteria, 
and Photograph yeah. came out in 83 on yeah, Pyromania. Right, right. We and so we missed the first wave. And so it had to grow on me over time. And until finally I'm like, this is a better song. This is their best song. I think it's their best song. And Pour Some Sugar on Me is their most recognizable song. And as you've said many a time, and I've given you credit for it before, and I'll do it again, that thing comes on at 12, at 12 a.m. midnight in a bar anywhere on planet Earth, and everybody's going, Ooh! Yep, and everybody's singing along. And it's, I mean, it's literally, before they even play a note, you just hear, step inside, woke yep. this way. Everybody's like, yep, here we go. Yep. And then you get a little prang out, prang, prang, and it's over. But yep. Photograph is such a great song. It's great. Photograph is such a great song. It is such a great song. So here's the stuff I would have wanted to hear besides Rock of Ages. To, to oh, yeah. That, no, that's what I was going to ask. Like, if they were going to play one more song, what would it be? I, I have a very definite answer. All right. I'm going to give you the Let, ones. Let's hear what you got. I'm going to give you the ones that I would, I would cover, and ho- hopefully yours is on here. Yeah. But I had Animal, mm-hmm. Hysteria, Love Bites, uh-huh. Armageddon It. Too Late for Love as a Sleeper, Rocket, and Foolin'. And frankly, I just really love Animal. Yeah. See, Foolin', like, Foolin's the other song that I forget about. Foolin'! Yeah, but that song's awesome. No I question. Played Foolin'. You would have liked well, Foolin'? Foolin's your answer? No, that wasn't my oh, answer. Oh, okay, sorry. Because I, I forgot it was them. Like, right. there's another, like, as soon as you said it, I went, oh, man, yeah, they should have played that. Um, I have a similar list. I'd probably leave out Love Bites. I'm not sure I'm into that. Wouldn't really that. fit. Wouldn't really wouldn't fit. Wouldn't really fit. Yeah, I actually kind of forgot about Hysteria because in my head they did play it because I predicted they were going to play it, but they didn't actually. <laughs> um, so I wasn't thinking that. The answer I was going to say was Animal. Animal's great. That, that actually was my answer, yeah. What a great song. I would have liked to have heard Animal. That would have been the perfect to go with the other two. And I have no like, problem with Rock like of Ages, me, but I don't care. If I was going to pick the set, like, photograph, obviously you have to play Portsmouth Sugar on me, so that, that's a given. Photograph, great. I would have taken out Rock of Ages. I would have started with Hysteria, then you do, maybe you do Photograph, then Animal, and then close with Portsmouth Sugar on me. Like, that's that's the set I would have picked. He does your four bangers. Right. I could live with that for sure. That would have been awesome. But I'm not sure that they could really get away with not doing Rock of Ages, though. Can I ask a dumb question? Like, just, is that just because it's the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and the song's called Rock of Ages? Or yeah, I think so. Okay. That's kind of what it's about, right? Sure, hundred percent, hundred percent. So like, wasn't there? There was like the Broadway show, right? Like yeah, it was the Rock of Ages Broadway show. The movie about it with Tom Cruise oh, in it. Oh yeah, the movie, right? Yeah. So that song has like a whole other life in pop culture outside of them. I don't know, man. I'm just gonna go home and listen. I am home. I'm gonna listen to some Hysteria when I'm out of here. I mean, Hysteria, do you want to know what their top five songs are on Spotify? That's always what we... Uh, yeah, well, just just to, just just to give Paul Phillips a little taste, what is it? Um, well, obviously, Pour Some Sugar on Me. Yes. So so how do you do it? Like, you know how it, it ranks them, you know, one through five, but then it has the total streams? I look at the number of streams. I look at the number of streams. Number of streams? Okay. So in that case, well, there's one I have no idea what this is. Is that from, like, the... What's when love and hate collide? I've never even heard of that. No, no, Is that from the Broadway? It's probably from Broadway. Probably from Broadway. Broadway show. All right, that's actually third. I have no idea what that is. That doesn't Let's count. Skip that for now. Total streams. So pour some sugar on me. Hysteria. Uh, love bites. Animal. A surprise. That's that high. Then Rock of Ages. Then photograph. Do you know what though? They didn't have photograph on there until about five years ago. Oh, oh yeah, because that's an older uh, record. And yeah. it was like it was like uh, hard, like one of the hardest songs to get. You know, now we're just devolving, but you know, you couldn't get uh, you couldn't get um, scenario by the tribe as a single for a long time on like any streaming service. Oh, I didn't even know. That. It was very similar with this song, where like you, it's the one damn song you wanted and you couldn't get it. Yeah, at least I couldn't get it. I'ma get it. it. Anyway, uh, here's by the way, here's. Um, I think we've done this before, but these songs appear in this order on Hysteria. Like you said, you're going to listen to Hysteria. These are tracks two through six. Yeah, go ahead. Rocket, Animal, Love Bites, Pour Some Sugar on Me, Armageddon. First of all, holy crap. Like, do better than that. Second of all, what number on the album is is Pour Some Sugar on Me? Five. Yeah. How about Burying the Lead? (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah. We wrote the greatest arena rock anthem of all time. Yeah. It's number five on our new latest latest record, Hysteria. 
the fifth track. Stereo when you're near. I'll do this all night. Uh, also, I f- I forget what what song it is now, but I like when he just when Joe Elliott just yells, "Come on, Steve." Yeah, that's uh, Armageddon. Armageddon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure I'm going out on a limb a little bit there, but I'm no, sure. I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. So really quickly, this band. The last thing I wanted to get in was. R.I.P. Steve, by the way. The Steve he was yelling to was their original guitar player. Correct. Passed away. Yeah. Who's the guitar player who didn't wear a shirt with the Flying V guitar who's in better shape ben than anybody? Lardo. That's um, Phil Cullen is his name. He's, in... he's one of the original guys or whatever. Like Since I've been aware of Def Leppard, he's always been in the band. But yeah, he couldn't wait to pop his shirt off and get out there and show the abs to all the ladies. Good for that guy. Yeah, good for that guy. 60, 60 plus years old, easy. Yeah, have a car, Phil. Rocking the six-pack. <laughs> Ripped. Playing the Flying V guitar. F yeah, dude. Good for you. Yeah, he's a good guitar player, and, you know, and he's he, a Def Leppard. That's cool, but I just, I don't know about going topless at your Rock and Roll Hall of Fame performance. I don't know. I'm, sure I, I don't know, one. dude. I'm here for it. I'm 100% on the side. <laughs> now, but what I will say, though, is I thought their whole thing was, like, they were really true to what they are and why they got in which is like sort of cheesy over the top arena rock and roll right like that's sure that's their thing so you've got of course you've got the guitar player with no shirt on and of course you got every song ends with three minutes of you know <laughs> the drum fill the you know and the big crash at the end of all the songs like of course because that's their thing so they were like like they like Def Leppard is very aware of who they are and, and we're, yeah, and, and that's why, and, and they were very true to that in their performance, and good for them. Like that's like that's why they're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because they do that. So why wouldn't you do that? Absolutely. So I'm here they're for not, it. As opposed to Radiohead, who's like too cool to show up because oh no, I'm beyond that or whatever. I'm above that or whatever. Tom York's problem is. Yeah, that's enough time on Tom York. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So give me your rankings, and then let's get into your people who um, you wish were could be in and what should be in soon, hopefully. Okay, one Def Leppard, two Stevie Nicks, three of the Zombies, four the Cure, five Roxy Music. I mean, fair. I mean, I think the Zombies. We talked about it. You know, you're grading them on expectations, and they exceeded yeah. them. So, who's some of the bands that stick out to you, or performers that stick out to you that aren't in besides Whitney Houston, the late So, Clay. yeah, um, Rage Against the Machine. Fair. I mean, the two from last year that I thought got job and got job again are Rage Against the Machine and LL Cool J. LL Cool J. Gosh darn it. Not okay. Yeah. Not okay to not be in. Yeah, those are the two that really jump out to me. Um, as far as like people who are, well, of course, the meters. Well, we love the meters. We love the meters. That you know, I, I I was not able to turn enough of the country to get them the votes to get them in. So essentially, your perfect your perfect class, if I can just you know put it out there for everybody, would be Whitney Houston. Yeah. The meters. <laughs> well, the meters. Well, let me be clear. I love the meters. I'm happy that I've turned you onto the meters and someone else was Dan O'Brien. Dan O'Brien, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I've turned at least two people onto the meters, which is great. I've spread the word. Um, uh, I don't really think that they should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but I, but I do love them. Okay, but anyway, in a perfect world, the meters would sneak in, or maybe they sneak in. And then you got LL Cool J, Rage Against the yeah, Machine. Rage Against Machine. And, and of course, thing. White Zombie. Okay, got it. And White Zombie and um, Power Man 5000 featuring Rob Zombie's brother, Spider Zombie. Yeah, Spider Zombie. He should be in the Hall of Fame, too. Why not? <laughs> did, did you think the Zombies was like an acoustic duo with Rob and Spider Zombie? Yeah, that was Rob and Spider Zombie. Yeah. Doing uh, Godsmack songs. Yeah. That's what I thought it was. That's why I didn't think they should get in, but now I get it. Um, right. So anyway, you asked me the very, before we started the show, the open jam at the end of the night. They, oh, played, yeah. they played all the young dudes. By Mott the Hoople. Which I don't get with, it. And you with, don't get it either. the guy from Mott the Hoople. Like, that's who that guy was who came out and sang with them. But, like, who cares, right? Yeah, I didn't get why. Yeah. So, Brian May inducted, by the way. Def Leppard. Yeah. We like yeah. Brian May. And he wanted we to come out like and play Brian. a song. And what they always do at the end of these shows is they do a sing-along. And it's been good, like, twice. Right. And it was the only one I can even remember off the top of my head is when Prince and Tom Petty played While My Guitar Gently Weeps. And Prince murdered everything. One of the great guitar. When Prince died, that was like a moment that everyone pointed to as one of his, you know, crowning achievements was the guitar solo and um, at that performance. I mean, it was unbelievable. And so, anyway, don't do anything anymore, everybody. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, retire that sing along crap. 
I mean, yeah. Here's the problem. I didn't when I first saw that when I first saw this year's episode. Right. I came in late. It was Def Leppard. I'm like, hell yeah, I'm gonna watch some of this right now. Okay. Then they bring up Brian May, and I'm like, what's this? And then all of a sudden, Susanna Hobbs is out there with some guy who looks like her grandfather. I didn't know it was the lead singer of the zombies. I thought it was Rob Zombie. So anyway, <laughs> I'm like, who is this Art Garfunkel-looking dude out here singing God knows what? That's not okay. That's not okay. Keep him away from Susanna Hobbs. What are you doing to Susanna Hobbs? Leave her alone. That's all I'm saying. So don't play it. All the young dudes, not, there are no young dudes out there. You're all a million years old. And then my man, Stevie Van Zandt, gets up there, and good for him. But, like, I don't know, man, little Stevie. So, so the Stevie Van Zandt thing is that he's, like, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame guy, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I get why he's there. And I respect- is that why? No, I'm asking. I don't know. Like, is that – because I was wondering, like, what does he have to do with anything? But that's what it is, right? Like, he's the – Curators. I think he's one of the one of the curators. Yeah, and I'll tell you what. I just finished a Netflix series, Lily Hammer, which he was the the protagonist of. Really enjoyed it. The range of him from being in Bruce Springsteen's band to The Sopranos to Lily Hammer. It's an amazing arc, and he's from Massachusetts. So good for that guy. But what are you doing? No, you don't. You don't need to be up there, Stevie. Come on. Right. Did not need to be up there. You don't got to be up there. So anyway, we can we can leave it there. I think unless you got anything else on this Roscoe P. But. uh we're going to bring you back soon to talk about Old Town Road because we got some thoughts on that, too. Oh, God. oh, yeah, right. I remember there was something else, but, yeah, I'm going to, like, I mean, I might have to get seriously sauced up before we talk about Old Town Road. I can't even I can't even handle it. I, I can't even, as the kids like to say that. I, I, I feel you. I, I feel you. All right, man. Well, good job tonight. Stick around for a second. We'll catch up. Everybody else, hope you enjoyed our rendition and rankings and grading system of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's 2018 inductee class who were inducted 19. and performed in 19. Yes. And all I can say is, um, yeah, the zombies, man. Wow. Sleeper performance. Sleeper performance. Let's, let's make America rage again in 2020. I like that. <laughs> we'll leave that. We'll leave that for the last piece. Thanks, Roscoe P.